0: Is it coming? Is it coming? Ready? Is it coming? Yes. wa it coming? Yes. Is it coming? Yes. Is it coming? Yes. Is it coming? sahla. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, um, this is the, I think, the three lessons inshallah for the remaining uh, academic year. Uh, this one, nah, uh, I think we have three, isn't it? Shaz? We didn't want to do the
1: Two.
0: last week. Why? What What's happening last week? Uh,
1: nothing, I think. <laughs> um, we're just enjoying
0: ourselves for Eid. Anyway, while Shazad Yani tries to justify in his conscience that he just wants to bunk a lesson for no reason, oh my, we, should, uh, we should be uh, celebrating Alhamdulillah, which was an amazing prophetic guidance retreat. Uh, many of the LP students were there, uh, we've met so many of them, MashaAllah. And I, uh, I'm going to show to you that it doesn't, it's not just some kind of Somali Hafiz trick that only he can uh, remember all the names. I'm going to now quote them to you just like this and show Yani who the daddy is. You ready? Okay. I've got no paper in front of me. We so, on on. so you took
1: three days to revise. He did it I, right haven't I haven't looked at anything.
0: haven't looked at anything. About three that. Day, in, fact, did, in fact, that now, if, in fact, if I quote it now, in fact, if I quote it now, my memory is stronger for the simple reason that they are in your face every, all the time, every time, whatever, or not. I haven't even thought about any of them. Except one brother, brother Samid, yeah? Samid, yeah. You know, he stayed over, Samid yeah. from Geneva. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember. Yeah,
0: so Samid was, uh, Samid hanging around from Geneva, just want to let you know that guy from Geneva came down man And he's gonna be our nuclear physicist yani, to take over the world. That's the yani, official PG yani, uh, physicist. We and he's the yani, so that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the me. Okay, then, well, who, who else you wanna know? Uh-huh. We so had Rashid, Big BA. I didn't yeah. remember how we could anyone. Far. Listen. After
1: the first introductions, gave you all the names, yeah?
0: And you spent a whole week with them, took t- the first questions one to one, and now you're gonna say you know the names. Alright, okay. So this is who was there. We had Nadif, Bob's, Shaz. <laughs> Abu Dar, Abu Yusuf, Zafar, Isa, Yahya, Zakaria, Omar, okay, and then from London. We had Abdul Bassit, Rashid, uh, we had Sir Irfan, Sir Irfan, Fajr is stars at the moon, <laughs> some, 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 some craziness. Who oh, came uh, from Bradford? Oh, huh? There's only one person came oh, from Bradford. Uh, Adil came from Bradford. So who came from Leicester? Leicester. They don't come from Leicester. No, I don't know from Leicester We had Samir, Salman We had Yasin. We had... Um, who else came from London? Uh, name, th- th- even describe it, I'll, I'll tell you the, what
1: we, what oh, what? No, no, Okay, all
0: right, okay. Tell, me which, which, tell me which area at least uh, We had Yusuf and Samir Yusuf and Samir from, from Aberdeen. They came down We had Muhammad Ridwan, uh, Shahid We had Hisham We had uh, Usama and Uthman and Zaid They came from London and Luton uh, We had uh, Mullah you know, mulla Kaker, mulla from Wakefield. Who else did we have? Who was did we call Name? Hamzah. Ab- huh? Huh? Ab- Abdul Yeah. No, just even just describe the, the thing. Ab- actually, Ab- we Ab- had uh, we we had the Qurashi family. Yusuf, Hamza, the, uh, oldest brother and his father, uh, Abu Yusuf, uh, Abu, Abu Hamza. Yeah. Oh, the same. Okay. Who else? Uh, we had. Um,
1: try try name. some people. From Am-
0: Manchester. Uh, Am- 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 of course from Manchester. Oh, we have Abbas Ibn Bashir from Peterborough don't be stepping. Mm-hmm. alright, okay, okay, Usman. we Usman. had, yeah, we mentioned Uthman, we mentioned uh, what, what? From Manchester. Uh, uh, we had Mahmoud Saliman from Manchester, okay, uh, Shazad, Dr Shazad Amin, we had Taymour from his friend from London, Musab, uh, Musab came from uh, thingy, Musab, uh, Uthman, naju okay, from uh, Warrington, lameness, Warrington. And uh, he's now gonna ask a question, naturally. You see, yeah, that's right. Nadif is like rah, huh? You see, easy going, easy going man of the people. That's who I am. of Nabnabi life and whoa, which man did I miss? <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 don't tell me the name. Just describe him, and then I'll prove it." The main person at the
1: the main person at retreat.
0: Irfan, I told you, Irfan
1: The
0: guy who said. From who? Is I told you? We're boring everyone now. You know, they're here for a lesson. That's so obvious. Right. Uh, so, done. Huh? No, no. Name me a location. Name me a thingy.
1: Manchester.
0: Manchester. As in, describe a person. I can't remember no, anyone no, else. Me,
1: no, you said oh, the names. Oh, we had
0: uh, your friend, Thaqib. Okay. We had... Um, uh, Shaz, you know it. It's done. You know you know that you know that you can't. Do you know that you can't one of them, Ibrahim. okay? Huh? Which Ibrahim?
1: From Leicester. Ibrahim.
0: Ibrahim Khan. Oh, Subhanallah! You know what I thought about him? I was, if I'm going to be honest, Ibrahim. Yes. There you go. All right. So um, the reason it was a great event, as we all know, MashaAllah. Mm. One of the benefits we had, a number of benefits, yeah, and LP benefits. So of course, we ended up doing uh, was it with or Rusaliyani yeah, in the uh, in the World the Waterfall. It was meant to be just must it turned into wudu and then it ended up many yani, me soak, yani basically ghusl. So that was yani, the thing. Um but the main thing for the point or for this lesson is that um it became clear that there is quite a lot of confusion concerning wiping over the socks. that's probably my, my poor uh, explanation of the chapter. So uh, today is gonna to be in the main a Q and A kind of session really, especially online, to discuss and then amongst the, the brothers here to really go through the uh, the kind of variations of of, of what what um, I guess what the scenarios are of wiping. And maybe give me an opportunity to try and explain again. So that's what I had in my mind that I want to do today. And I guess all of this comes under page six of the notes. for in Fal hukm Lil fawqani if one leather sock is worn on top of a second one before ritual impurity, and before you break your wall, then the wiping rules apply according to the one on top. Okay, uh, they occur to the one on top. Now, this is of course the position of the madhab, and this is assuming that basically each uh, uh, khuf is like a perfect khuf. right? So the first first one goes on, and it's and remember, remember, according to the humbly madhab. And let's now let's start like now summing up this chapter. I think we can pretty much finish, like the chuf per se. Okay. Um... A khuf is not only going to be one which you can uh, wipe over and isn't yeah, and very weak and so on and so forth. Um, doesn't have holes, doesn't have tears, but it has to cover from the toes to the ankle, meaning the exact area of what you would wash normally. So that's that's the understood kind of parameters of the khuf. And as we said, both of them have to fulfill each condi- uh, the conditions. Yeah? So the underneath khuf will have to be a proper khuf and the one that goes on top, whether it's a khuf or a, whether the first one's like a cotton sock and then the one that goes on top is a leather sock or whether the first one that goes on top first one that goes on the foot is a is a, a leather sock or any sock, and then the second thing which goes on is a boot ankle boot covering the ankles, then those two items individually have to fulfill the conditions of the hoof being up by itself solid blah 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 blah. what's sheikh mean saying he's saying that listen first of all i don 't even consider those conditions to be applicable in even in one hoof, forget about two. His point is is that if there were first of all in one hoof he goes look. It doesn't matter. As long as a person looks at it and calls it a hoof, I don't care if it's half torn, half hanging off, half dying, whatever it is. I don't care if it's not covering the ankle, I don't care if it's got an ankle, a hole near the little toe, whatever. When you look at it, and you say the foot is basically covered with something, then the hukum is then given to the thing which is covered. This is his argument. He goes that a person who wants to say that, the he said that the Prophet wiped over his hoofs. He never then said after that that the hoofs have to be x, y, z you know didn't give all these conditions, therefore, if you want to give it conditions you've got to bring the evidence. This is, is shekho point. and for that reason, then he goes and if that's the case and we 're not going to define then the details of the hoof, whether it 's torn, not torn, whether it 's covering, not covering, then we have to then assume how do we define something in principle he goes that's the majority, so if the majority of the foot is covered by something, then that will be considered yani sufficient just as long as it's yani a basic hoof. That people look at and they will consider it a khuf Otherwise, if a person has only covered maybe like the top part of his foot, mm-hmm. like you know, like like this part, yani, yeah, okay, and just wrapped it around, and that might be called a foot bandage or something, and no one on earth would call it a khuf then it's not a khuf So this is this is his way. He then follows on from that and he says, look, if you have got two of these put together, uh, two different garments, yeah, two different socks or something on the foot, which which as a whole cover the foot. Then that's even more. يعني, uh um It's even more okay. You don't need to worry about the individual nature as long as you know it's done. Now, obviously, the the benefit of this is that it fits in nicely with a number of narrations from the companions. And even to be honest, the hadith of Prophet ﷺ, where he said that he wiped over his khuf and his naal. Naal, as we know, as we said last time, is actually the word for slippers or flip flops. Okay, naal. But it's such a wide verb, wide word. Sorry. It can be used for flip-flops and sandals and shoes. It can mean all all of them. Now, if you wipe over all of them, you might then get confused. Exactly what is the nature of the wiping? So, what we want to basically say, or uh, how I want to sum up this this chapter, is to say that we believe that if a person in a, in a modern day context, let's let's now let's now just have a discussion now on a modern day context. If you have some socks, listen. You say you've you've got bare feet. You make your thought now. Wash your feet as per normal. All right. Now what you're going to do? You're going to put on a pair of socks, okay? Then what you're going to do? You're going to now go, set off from home. You're going to put your pair of shoes on. Now, what's the first thing that we are learning from following Sheikh Huthami's opinion? You know, and I know that your sock, your shoes, are just going to be normal ankle high, uh, uh, ankle below, ankle shoes. Yep, yeah? they're not going to be, they're not going to be boots. So when we say ankle shoes, we're just talking about normal cut loafers or whatever. When we say boots, we're talking about something which is covering and above, going up the ankle, going to the shin. So we're not talking about anything like that. So you're going to put on a pair of shoes, which from a fiqh point of view is the second khuf. It's the top khuf. Even though it doesn't cover the obligatory part of the foot which you would normally wash. Do you agree? Yes? In of itself, if there was no sock, if you had it on a naked foot, the ankle would be clearly showing. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes? But now, both together, both together... Um, your The sock is obviously covering your ankle and your shoe is covering uh, your shoes covering the rest of it okay Sheikhmin is saying and actually a number of the edema are saying all right that if a person was now to go, he is allowed to now wipe over his shoes without having to take his socks off. This is like as if he had two hoofs on. he would wipe and then it would be no problem. He would then continue and then pray and uh, 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 and and the like. So after we've understood this, after we've understood this, we start then looking towards the uh, rulings in terms of the specifics. What's the time limits now that are allowed? What happens if he puts the shoe takes the shoe off? What happens now with the sock, etc., etc.? Yes, that's where the question started to come up. So um, I don't know. Let's start with one scenario. That's off the top of my head, um, and I wrote some. I wrote some stuff down. Um, Let's say that you wipe over those shoes, and uh, so 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 so, you've made your wudu, put your socks on, put your shoes on, gone to work. You break your wudu. Okay, has the masht period started? Not yet. No, not not yet. Good. All right. So now an hour later, we decide to make wudu. Can't bother to take my shoes off, so I'm just going to wipe my over over my shoes. Has masht period started? Yes. Twenty-four hour period started right now. Then a bit later, let's say then I carry on. I, in fact, I even pray in my shoes, okay? In fact, no, let's make it more realistic. Let's say you take the shoes off and you pray your dhuhr prayer at work, okay? And then you put your shoes back on again. And then you go back home. It's now asr time at home, or in the summertime, and you break your wudu, And now we need to make wudu. If you're at home now, okay, and you're inside the house and you make wudu, the next ruling is what has to happen now when you're making wudu. Or what can happen if you're making wudu? You've got... You've taken your shoes off because you're in a pack home and you're going inside. Yeah? You
1: can make masjah over your socks.
0: You can make mus over your socks. Yeah. Okay? Well, what do you think about that?
1: You put it on in a, Whilst you were in a state of wudu. You
0: put on your socks in a state of wudu. Mm. You've
1: still got a time period as well.
0: you still got the time period which started with the... Wiping on the first... Your uh, shoes. of yeah, shoes. Okay?
1: And you've not removed your socks either.
0: And you've not removed your actual socks either. In the commentary... Okay, on page two hundred and fifty-eight, fifty eight, Sheikh Uthameen dedicates an entire page to this entire discussion. Okay, the concept of what is the nature of wiping on a lower uh, on a on two different layers as such, an upper and a a lower layer, is it permissible or not? You see, according to the madhhab, okay, so what does the the madhhab basically say? Uh, وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي الَّتِي يَمْسَحْ فِيهِ الْأَعْلَىٰ فَخَلَعَهُ بَعْدَ مَسْحِهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَمْسَحْ And actually the majority of the scholars, it can be argued, that if that person was to take off those shoes, which was the first thing that he wiped in that day, and now he is in a wudu' which has come from Mash. I want to just identify a few things here, just take a step back. We talk, when we say a person's in Tahara, we mean that he's got wudu, yes? There are two types of Tahara for the sake of this discussion. Tahara which has been ob- obtained b- b- by water. When you say that, you feel full Tahara, yeah? It's the one you did right in early morning where you washed your feet and everything. That's a full Tahara, okay? If you were to now go, you could do anything and everything with that Tahara, right? And you'd feel very confident with it. Then I want to say to you that there's a second Tahara. We call that Tahara the Tahara you had at Zahar that's a Tahara which you took from Mas'h, meaning that you did the full wudu but then you wiped. Okay? Now, what I want you to know is that there are some scholars that didn't see this, these two as the same weight. They said that the Tahara that's taken from water is like your big, powerful one and it's the complete one, whereas the Tahara which has been made like a second time, you know, washed everything but then wiped over shoes or socks or whatever, this is of a lesser type. And it says on this principle, That the scholars, the majority, the madhab, for example, the humbly madhab, will not allow you to now wipe over your lower sock. Why? They will say that when you've taken off your uh, shoe, which you wiped over, what did you? And I said to you, can you wipe over your sock? You said yes, because he's in tahara. He put them on in a state of purity. The the madhab will say that he put them in a state of purity. But now when he's wiping on it, the state of purity is a purity from Mas. This is what they will argue. Whereas the minority position, and it is a it is a real minority, okay, and it is Sheikh Uthemin's position, though although he didn't promote it in a big way, he didn't promote it in a big way, okay, is that actually if tahara has been achieved then Tahara has been achieved. It doesn't matter whether it came from water or whether it came from wiping. And so once you've taken those socks off and there's another layer there, then it is allowed to wipe over that. And then he goes into a discussion which basically makes a qiyas upon a type of khuf that has two layers, like a lower layer and upper layer. And the idea that basically if the layers got separated, you would still you would still wipe on that bottom layer. You might not call it two khufs, you might technically call it one khuf, but if you're happy to wipe on one khuf that has two different layers, if the top layer came off, and Sheikh Uthameen is saying that there's no reason then why a person would then need to uh, uh not allow a person to wipe over the second the, the the bottom sock in the case of two socks or in the case of shoes and a sock and this is what Sheikh Uthameen, he chooses and it's very interesting what he says okay he says so he goes for example if a person uh so he goes uh he goes, as for those, those uh, this is at the bottom of page two hundred and fifty eight. He goes, <laughs> He goes that a person who allows the one to take off the shoes and then wipe over his socks, they allow it because they see it as the as a sock that has two layers. Okay? And actually it's like as if it's really one khuf anyway. Okay? And he goes that this position is something which makes it easier for the people. This is the interesting fiqh now, okay? Uh wahad alkohol This is something which makes the deen easy for the people. الناس, because many many people they put on the khufs okay, on top of their jawrabs and uh, upon their socks, alright, and they wipe on the the uh khufs or here, shoes, and then when they want to go to sleep, they obviously take off their shoes. And then when they um according to the madhab, when they wake up in the morning they will not be able to now wipe over the socks. But according to uh, uh, and and this is because and this is because according to them the time period for wiping according to Madhab the time period for wiping over the socks has actually uh, uh, finished as soon as they took, took off that which is wiped over. Alright? Remember we mentioned that before. According to the Madhab the time period of the wiping okay if you take off the thing which you are wiping, although the madhab doesn't say that you break your wudu, but they did say that you now are not allowed to. Your time period is basically finished for wiping on that on that actual uh, uh, layer, okay. But according to this second position, it is permissible to wipe actually on the socks that are remaining, okay. And so therefore, it is permissible for him to wipe it on a second time because he is doing it uh, because he did it because he put it on while it was pure. And there's no doubt. He goes, There's no doubt this is something which is easier upon the people. And if someone gives fatwa for this, for the people, and this is a good thing. And he goes, Especially if some scholars have given the fatwa to allow this, then that's something which is permissible. So that's just one of the variations of uh, this, that a person could uh, do that. Yes. Uh, so that, that, let's now. Start looking at the various um, uh, thingy. Yes, go on. Is it not hadith of uh,
1: Ali when he uh, made a of his sandals and took them off prayed?
0: Yep, yep. But that, that, if, if, if if Sayyidina Ali, when he wiped... Actually, Sayyidina Ali anh, is very interesting in this uh, category, in, in the whole Masjah, because he actually narrates many a hadith on Masjah, and after the death of the Prophet wasallam. because some people argue that they were abrogated and this and that. And so, many of the ahadith of Ali, and one, of, one important one is going to come up a little bit later uh, No, in fact, it's going to come up today um, Then, uh, um, you'll find that actually, uh, not just uh, say Nani but even the Prophet Sallallahu wiped over yani, a, a surface on top of what was khufs, like the Na'al And as you said, likewise, took them off afterwards which And, and didn't make wudu But these are different things, all, all showing different uh, points Remember that we said There's an argument out there Some scholars said that If you take off your hoofs It breaks wudu Okay And we said there's nothing In the kitab of sunnah That shows any evidence For that whatsoever And that was a very strong And clear position Of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah um, If it um, So Let's make a couple of points For Shaykh al This is what I wrote down As summary from Shaykh al Because Actually it's all over the place Yeah In this discussion Over three pages So this is what he wrote So if we say That if you have wudu Okay um okay this is another position of Sheikh of and this is a minority position hardcore minority position okay and this is one that we d- we discussed about uh discussed on uh on the LP retreat as well a person he makes full wudu he then puts on his socks he then takes off the socks And then puts them back on again. Like after a couple of hours. What do you think? He's still in in wudu. Hasn't broken his wudu.
1: Throughout the the entire
0: process. So he's made wudu, put his socks on, kept his wudu. And then he takes his socks off, doesn't break wudu. Then he puts his socks back on. And then later he does break wudu. Can he wipe over those socks?
1: I think... The whole point was that when he put his socks on, he was in wudu. So even if he put took off, put them back on again, when he puts on the second man, he's still in wudu, So yes, he can wipe.
0: Okay, so this is one argument, right? That actually the wudu is still there, so why does it matter whether the socks come off on or not? Uh, is that what you said? Uh
1: I think some of the people said no you can't Just... the
0: majority of the Fukuha said actually that once the socks have come off, then it can't be now used even if the wudu is not broken. Even if the wudu is not broken. It cannot be used now again for another masjah. They'll give the concession, the majority, because as I said before, the minority, there's a small man, a vocal minority, that said, well, actually, as soon as the socks have come off, the wudu is broken. Yeah, But that's a, that's a rejected position, and Allah knows best. Yeah? Because there's no evidence whatsoever to show that, you know, that taking socks off breaks wudu. That's a minority. The majority say, we're not going to say that. We're not going to say that the wudu is broken. But we are going to say that you can't take liberties now and and, and claim another uh, um, concession and just put the socks back on again and carry on wiping. No, you have to wash your feet and then put on your socks again and then you can carry on wiping. And the super minority position, super minority, is Sheikh Uthemin's position. And I want, I want to say to you that even this position, Sheikh Uthemin doesn't promote. He himself, when when he, you can see in his book, you can see in his fatwa that he is not something which there are there are uh, m- many scholars that will back him up on this and that's why i said that if um and 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 one of the one of one of the things that he said for this is goes back to that point that we said that if a person has has um let's now look at another scenario okay another version of this if you have the shoes okay you take you wipe on your shoes You've got socks and shoes. You've put you've done wudu, wash your feet, put your socks on, put your shoes on. Go on to work. You've wiped on your shoes. Now you take your shoes off. You pray. And then you put your shoes back on again. And now then you go and then you break your wudu again for asr but you're still at work. Okay? And now you want to make wudu. Where do you wipe? So you've got to take the shoes off. That's what you're saying. Why?
1: Because he's to remove the, uh, the, 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 the shoes which had the muscle on, they've been removed.
0: The shoes that he did the muscle on were removed, okay.
1: And so now he can either make muscle over his socks only, or he washes his feet and puts socks and shoes on, and then he can make muscle over his socks and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> the way Sheikh of the Meen has been saying, it'll yeah. probably be that it's okay to wipe over the shoes. Okay. Possibly, because. Uh, he put the shoes back on in a state of wudu, correct? Yeah Yeah
0: And then he broke his wudu He put the shoes back on again in a state of wudu? No, no, hold on, hold on Okay So
1: he's made mas
0: He's made mas He's, he's made mas. The shoes off He's made mas on his shoes Yeah He's now taken the shoes off Prayed Prayed And put them back on You're Correct, sorry yeah. Put them back on again whilst he's in that mas wudu, yeah. mas, mas wudu yeah. Okay, we're going to This is a new phrase by the way yeah. Like a pack one, yeah? yeah. Mas wudu, okay? <laughs> what <Well>, we mean at <laughs> tahara. As we said, there's two types: purification that comes from water, and purification that comes from masḥ. So he's done the second one, okay? And now the question is: is that do we now say that he can wipe over his shoes the second time he breaks it again? Now I want to pause you there because I brought this question up from the previous point. Previous point was what person has wiped over his socks, which he washed his feet for, and then he took the socks off. And then he put the socks back on again, and now can you wipe on them or not? Now, difference between the two is what? The difference between the two, theoretically, okay, um, or, or in fact, let's let's make it more let's make it more complicated or make it maybe more easier. I think the first scenario: imagine that he hasn't even made masah He hasn't even made masah So I made wudu, put my socks on. I still have my wudu. I take my socks off, and then five hours later, I put my socks back on again. Still have wudu. Can I make mus'h over my socks? The two scenarios are the same, aren't they? What's the difference between the two? One got
1: two layers, one got
0: one layer. No, nope. that's an obvious difference. What's the actual, the actual difference
1: in one, the context
0: of what one, we've been talking? One
1: one's still in his original wudu from washing, while the other ones in the wudu from
0: Correct. Yes, the one the sock, yani, is in an original wudu from water, a pure state, hasn't even been broken. And so it seems like some of the ulama were a bit more lenient in this issue, whereas in the second scenario, it's very clearly that he has, is in a state of wudu from wiping, from wiping, not yani, from the original water state. Sheikh Uthameen basically saying that the scholars who differed over this all right, okay, were differing because they considered different strengths for the, the two. As I said to you before at the beginning, Sheikh Uthamim says there's no difference between the two purifications. Once you're purified, you're purified. Yani, yeah, if a person was going to pray, would you say you can't pray Dhuhr properly and you can't pray Dhuhr properly? No, you'd be able to go and do everything properly afterwards. So therefore, for him, and this is his, this is his position. Okay, he himself says that even though the the the, the scholars differed over it, he will allow a person to actually uh, do that, and we will also give that ruling. We will also give that ruling because there's no evidence to show, and Allah knows best. There's no evidence to show all right, that a person if he takes off his socks or his shoes he cannot use them again. I want to say to you that that's the ruling I will give it's not the practice I will practice. I will definitely restrict myself to the majority. Okay? And that has, that's what I have always done all my life. Even though if someone asks me this is what I need to do I will let them do it. And this has always been the fatwa of Sheikh Ehlan as well. Okay? Sheikh Ehlan has also been allowing people to do this. And there's a difference of course between personal practice because there's doubt and there is, yani, you know, the, for me, my, in my in my personal opinion, this this the, the concept of wiping after you've taken the sock off or after you've taken the top layer off, and then to put it back on again, is 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 risk. It just states risk from beginning to end. I don't like it, and for that reason, myself, I don't practice it. But can I find any evidence to suggest that it's not a valid position? No. And have some ulama allowed it? Yes. Sheikh Huthamin himself allows it. So that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, Any further questions from that? Yeah, yeah. if it's online, no problem. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that Sheikh Huthemi holds a super minority position but he doesn't really promote it. Why would a scholar not promote a position if they generally hold
0: that position to be true? Because sometimes that position is a risky one. They themselves recognize it, required the level, level of had. You see, why is it that, ask me, All right. why is it that I'm saying it's a valid position yet I don't practice it? Because I recognize in fiqh there are certain areas that require an incredible amount of ijtihad, far, far more than a simple point. Right? You're having to make a judgment call, judgment call, judgment call. So if you're making a single judgment call, that's maybe straightforward. But if you're then making a judgment call based upon a judgment call, you're trying to apply a principle and then trying to derive a principle based upon a principle, you're going far out. There's nothing from the Prophet ﷺ on this issue. There's no hadith, no nothing, so this is an ijtihad issue. So when you have ijtihadi matters, right? In principle, we like to stick to the 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 safe position. The safe position is always the best position. But that doesn't mean that if someone needs uh, help, they've got a scenario, need a fatwa, they've got some kind of problem, then that they shouldn't, you know, uh, be given that if there is some space. So I think, and this is one of, the, of course, one of the, the, the one of one of the more delicate matters in Deen and uh, and part of the development of the student of knowledge. That is clear when they go across their studies they're, they're, Like like if you look in this uh, chapter, we, we, you know, 250 odd pages we've uh, uh, studied now Of Sharh Mumtah. Alright Only uh, a, a number of fiqhi points There's only a few of them where we've stopped and we've said You know what, there's doubt in this issue, do you know what I mean? The rest of them have been pretty straightforward Even though there's been difference of opinion But they've been pretty straightforward And we're very happy to say We are going to practice the minority position Because it's actually a straightforward minority position Hasn't taken a big amount of risk person's read the hadith one way we've read it a different way no problem but when you have another scenario which is based upon a hadith we're interpreting it upon this and then based upon the interpretation we're going to assume this principle and then based upon that principle we're going to take a make you know we're going to wing it and basically make a call right okay and this is obviously a far level far higher level a more risky level of had. also Sheikh Amin mentioned and this is the key when you find a lack of voices from the earlier salaf and a lack of voices from the the people of knowledge and this is what he said because that this is what, is what is known. I've not heard any of the Ahlul Ilm really kind of uh, go out on a limb and state this point. Then you're going to be more careful. And that's why we, this is, this is what, and this is a really valuable point, subhanAllah, for all the students who are learning. We have always said that we are proudly, proudly upon a Salafi methodology. What does a Salafi methodology actually mean? What does it actually come down to? Because we're here promoting fiqh, following madhabs, and if you're following teachers and that's the kind of thing that the, the, the basic masses think is completely you know, completely anti-Salafi or, or anti wahhabi or whatever it is actually the, the Salafi methodology is two basic principles Okay, that number one that the, our belief is the belief of the Prophet ﷺ and the companions and not of later people that's what the Salafi methodology is based upon it's key pillar number one that when we talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet ﷺ, it's exactly how Allah has spoken about himself and how the Prophet ﷺ has described himself simple as that we don't try to turn and interpret and deny and so on. This is all da'ti'il and and Okay, that's the aqidah part. The second part is that we follow the methodology of the salaf. What's the methodology of the salaf? Basically, we give an inordinate, an incredible amount of respect for those, for the, for those first three generations. If they make a statement and we don't understand, we start questioning ourselves. Whereas if my teacher, like, you know, uh, in 14, in, in, in this time, uh, differs from me, I'm not going to question myself so much. I've got much more confidence to think he's wrong. He's not living in a blessed time. He doesn't have that yani, high quality knowledge. He doesn't have that status that of those early people. He doesn't have the stamp of authority from the Prophet who said they're the best of people, then who after those are the best, then those who after them are the best. And so when we, like, when you look at what Imam Malik said, he said that stick to the early generations because what saved them will save you. And you, you always have a problem, go back to them and you will always find. Your, uh, you'll always find um, a solution to your problem in, the, in their, in their, in their uh, explanations, in their discussions, and so on and so forth. Now, following that Salaf methodology means that we're always trying to find a Salaf. That's the actual meaning of the word Salaf. Remember on the retreat, we talked about it, okay? The word Salaf actually means precedent. When an alim, he's discussing, he goes, I didn't find a Salaf. He is not actually talking about an individual, although it can be referred to an individual. He's actually referring. I didn't find anyone even discuss it. I didn't even find a fatwa given towards it. Now, one who is upon the selfie methodology, he's going to be careful. He's then he might believe it himself, but he might say, "Man, if no one from that amazing generation had the yeah, something to put forward, then I'm going to be a little bit, little bit, careful." So, this is one of the aspects. One one of the aspects of the second pillar of the uh, selfie methodology. So, to explain to the brother. Or to the sister, the point is, is, that we can believe something a minority position, especially when it's a risky one, all right, and we might offer it as a solution to people because we want to make the dean easy for people, all right. But we all know, and as every student of knowledge must understand, and every practicing Muslim must understand, that we treat we treat ourselves in a much more stricter way, much more stricter way. We're not people who take upon concessions. We're not people who take upon easy fatwa easy way out. We, for example, on the issue of summer prayer, okay. Praying in the UK at the moment, Canada at the moment, Europe at the moment, but the the Isha coming in so late. We say to them, it's permissible for you to at home combine between your Maghrib and Isha if you're gonna if you're falling unconscious literally at 10 o'clock you're dying you can't even think you can't whatever whatnot you've had a massive long day Fajr's at three o'clock or something or four o'clock and if you want to then because it's because of the difficulty al Mashaqqa, which is the Hadith of Sahih Muslim okay it's allowed for you to combine not perpetual every single day like a joke like on a Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night as well, but a person's got work and he's got some kind of situation, we allow it because it's a fatwa. Would we do it? No. We do not take concessions upon ourselves. Upon ourselves, we are harder because we're students of knowledge, we are examples of community, we're practicing Muslims, we don't want to take the, 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 the easy option all the time, we want to keep pushing ourselves as far as we can go, and then if we have a genuine need for it, then we'll take the, the, the need for it, we'll, we'll take the, the rukhsa, the concession, that's what the rukhsa is as well. An entire chapter of wiping of the feet all of the aspects of wiping is a rukhsa the wiping is a rukhsa it's a concession and it's a big discussion yeah, should is it better for a person to wash or is it better for a person to wipe and there's a, a really big discussion between the scholars on that because some said that a concession is as good as yani deen why are you bringing the concession down and my my position which is a minority position is that no a concession is a concession. There is a, le- there's a lesser level of deen in it. There's a, sorry, there is a lesser level, le- lesser level of sacrifice and therefore it cannot be the same as the one who tries harder. You know what the response to that is going to be? When the Prophet was given two options, he was chose the easy option. Okay, But the problem is that this statement also has been misinterpreted. It doesn't mean that he took the easy option himself all the time. In fact, the Nabi ﷺ in his personal and private practice was the exact opposite of that. He obligated upon himself that which yani, was not even possible for other people. He obligated upon himself, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligated, the tahajjud prayer. Okay, It was obligated upon him, and he, he kept it up, going, 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 and even then when it was taken off as an obligation, he carried on, carried on, carried on, and when the, the companions, they turned to him, and they knew that it was an obligation, and his family, and his wife, and they said that, you know, what are you doing to yourself, and his feet swelling up, and then he goes, I should be a grateful slave, meaning that he knew that I can push myself further and so I should. So there's got to be that attitude there amongst students of knowledge that to be able to have a position, um, believe something but practice something else just for the safety, just for the sake of... And a lot of times, maybe there's a financial kind of thing involved. You know, like the classic one is the issue of paying gold. People are going to start asking about that now because zakah is coming in Ramadan and people are going to need to revisit the chapter of zakah again the only time people do, which is in Ramadan. Um, they will ask, you know, do I have to pay zakat on gold? Yes? And the the zakat on gold issue is another one Which is a really difficult ishtihadi matter The scholars differed over it big time, okay? And you have some fascinating statements from the fuqaha Like Shafi'i, he said And it's a famous statement, subhanAllah He said that uh, on the issue of paying on gold Okay? On paying on, not not paying on gold But paying on gold, which is jewelry Gold jewelry Which a woman wears but doesn't wear every day, and so maybe keeps it at home and so on, okay? Just it's like, just like a normal pack use, you know, it's a way it might come out every once in a while, okay? Do you pay zakah upon that? I genuinely believe that we shouldn't. I genuinely believe that we shouldn't. You know that the Hanafi school, they obligate it. The modern scholars like Sheikh al-Albani and Ahl al-Hadith, they obligate it, okay? And it's a big thing, okay? You could maybe argue that maybe uh, more scholars than not Actually, say that you need to pay zakat upon the wife's jewelry and so on and so forth. Okay, I personally believe that the position of 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 the Malikiya and the Shafi'i school is a stronger one. That one doesn't. That one doesn't, and that it is a personal possession. And that on personal possessions, just like your clothes and your, your car and your house and so on and so forth. Okay, These are things which are not bought for business, not bought for profit either. They're not bought for investment. Even if there might be a theoretical concept that later on in you know, 100 years you might sell it or 50 years, whatever. But in principle, you've got that to wear and so on. I'm just giving you a very quick summary. And there are a number of hadith in play, direct hadith, which suggest one or the other position. And I believe that you don't have to pay. But I always do. But I always every year pay the zakat, even though I genuinely believe that you don't have to and when I teach the position to students I would also say that when you go through all the evidences and we study it properly the position is that we don't but okay if I do so what the so number of scholars they said you should there are a hadith there which suggests that you should and if I pay I, I pay a bit extra zakat. so what that's fine but personally what do I believe I believe very strongly that you don't have to and and these are the areas These are the, those, those kind of Areas of fiqh and deen which themselves are are tricky. Where they' ulama, they 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 were out on a on a limb. How more on a limb can you be? You know what Shafii said about this. You know know the famous statement of Shafii on this issue. He said that on this the only issue in fiqh that I had to pray Salatul Istikhara on to make a decision of which way to go. Right. This is Shafii. Yani. This is serious stuff. Yani. All right. That's narrated from him. I think from Imam Nawawi. So, sometimes you come across these scenarios Which are, are, are tricky You make a judgement call It's not life and death scenario But it's a personal kind of, you know A personal thing Right, what else do we have on this issue? Uh, um, so you got your socks Okay Let's now, let's now um, uh, Okay Let's make things easier You've broken your wudu You've got your socks on You've broken your wudu Okay If you take your socks off can you then put your socks back on again and make wudhu? Make Masah What do you mean? You've broken your wudhu, taking
1: your socks off, then do a complete wudhu? No,
0: not done anything. Just yeah. put your socks back on again. No, you Why not? You're
1: putting them back on in a state of impurity.
0: You're putting them back on in a state of impurity. Very good. Are we all happy with that? So let's get that under the belt, okay? That's a very clear one. Pretty much all the scholars agree on that, okay? That if you did break your wudhu, and you took off that layer, whether top layer, bottom layer, whatever, and then you try to put it back on again, you're not putting it back on again in any form of purity. Alright? Okay. So we're we happy with that? Write that down. Fine. Then ne- next question then. What defines taking it off? So you know sometimes you might have a sock. How long have we got left? Because my my things are dying now, by the way.
1: Ya Allah. No, two minutes. We've done forty four minutes.
0: Two minutes, I love the way that, that came in two minutes. He's on the thingy. Alright. So the next question then is you know like for example You put on your socks mm. Alright And then you've got a stone in there You feel it And now you're thinking Subhanallah What's the score then? Tell me
1: it's by, well, of The
0: orf of the people Okay the you Just speak up Because have to keep repeating What you're saying
1: sock is a, so- a sock which is seen as on Is what the people see as a sock That is seen as on
0: Do you understand that? Do you understand what he just said? He said that if you take a sock off What is off? And if you keep a sock on, what is on? And the answer to that is the urf of the people. This is the answer to most of these questions. Like if you saw a sock, yeah? So if I had a sock and it was kind of like hanging off, your call, would it be mentally, if someone later was to say to you, you know, in a murder scene, and when you saw him, yeah? What was he like? And you said, yeah, he was wearing a white thaw, but then he had socks. But they weren't really on, to be honest. Or you'd say he had socks, but they were on. You'd make a judgment call, isn't it? All right, by what you remember from a picture of the, what the socks were. So, now, that judgment call would be based upon what you understand. Maybe something like if the socks were up to the heel, then you still consider them to be on. But if they're only kind of you know, cutting the top part, then basically that's off. Do you understand? And so that's the rule. If they come off to that extent, then you can't then uh, put, wipe over them. But if you've got some stones in there and you have to put your hand in, your hand in, and that makes it obviously loosens the sock and it shows a bit of skin here and there. And you were to pull it out, blah blah blah. Then, then that's okay, that's no problem. Okay, the disaster is if you put your socks on too quick and they're the wrong way around. <laughs> you know, you've been there, Bobs. You know, you've been there. I've been there, many times. Got some. I mean, first of all, first of all, it's a heart attack putting the socks on in the first place. Okay, <laughs> right, and then to have to take them off because you're turning the wrong way around. And then, yani break your your thingy ability, okay? Theoretically speaking, of course, yani. Yeah, because as I said, I don't pra- I don't practice the position that if you take your socks off in wudu even that you should then make mash even though we've said that that's allowed. Yeah, remember that. That's another point here. But uh, as you've learned today, as you've learned today, if you did like just make wudu fresh wudu, pull the socks out of the drawer and you put your socks on the wrong way around, you know, upside down or whatever, and you took them back off and then put them back on again. According to the taught position of this class and Sheikh Al-Tamin's position, it's allowed. There's, there's no problem uh, because you didn't break wudu. We are talking about that you've actually broken wudu and now you're trying to just make sure that you don't take the socks off that much so that you can actually keep, keep wiping over them. Does that make sense? Yeah? I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, all right. Okay. Any other questions on, online or whatever? Okay. Let's do it then. So is it still in no. is it yeah. Yeah. yeah okay you go on. yeah
1: um, regarding the gold in South Indian culture everyone gives their bride gold lots of gold in which they keep as an investment for the future not as a personal possession would you say your opinion applies to this situation as well
0: okay so number one alaykum uh, number, number one I don't want to obviously get into that because we're going off the topic big time but I will answer just a question because I'm an idiot uh, Mention it and open up that chapter, okay? Any gold which is taken and kept for investment has to have zakah paid upon it. No doubt about that. If a person very clearly receives all this kind of gold, you know, huge amounts of gold and knows that, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about that. I'm only wearing this, you know, this set of bangles and the rest of it is, you know, going into the bank or something. I'm going to make it grow or something like that. Full zakah applicable. That's the most zakah anything on the planet, to be honest, okay? What we're talking about is when a person gets a couple of sets, and that's their sets, standard normal women kind of uh, situation, not this kind of scenario. Because I think it's exception, exception or not. Don't try and black it, Bobs. Exception, Shaz. Shaz is a gold master, MashaAllah. Buys his wife so much gold, MashaAllah. Looks after her really well, MashaAllah, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Exactly, Shaz. Why are you trying to? Do, why are you trying to say no, not at all? Are you trying to show that not at all is better?
1: My, my mother says always that it, it, this is the, what, what is for her investment and for her protection, as in the gold is given. So when she's looking for her daughters to give the gold, this is for their security for the future.
0: So that's interesting. That's interesting. We have this idea that basically, sometimes the gold is given with a clear intention to be an investment or to be sold on. It does come back down to that, of course. And I just want you to know that, of course, that's the ruling in zakah with other properties as well. When you have properties, rental properties, and you have the intention. Of holding onto it for actual uh, selling, definite, or uh, or you're going to sell it immediately, then we 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 uh, then takes the cap on the entire value. Whereas if you have a property where you're not you're you're happy just to take rental from it, and you're not going to sell it on immediately and so on, and there's no immediate plan, then you don't have to pay cap on them. Okay, and the same ruling applies to the gold. Yeah.
1: Concession. Therefore, if you wipe over your shoes and then take take them off, surely you didn't need that concession to start off with. So it makes sense that it, it is not permissible to wipe over your shoes when you take them off. Once is that a valid evidence logic for the impermissibility of this act? It's a
0: um, it's a valid thought process for why I don't do it. What Danish just said there. Is a valid thought process for why I do not wipe over a uh, a second pair if I've taken them off, even if I've not broken the Like I just said, I believe it's permissible. It's a tall position of the class. Sheikh Uthameen allows it. Sheikh Ihlan gives fatwa for it. Yani, happy as Larry. Yani, okay. You know he's big time and always yani, giving fatwas like that. Okay, but the point is, is that I agree as well. You're kind of like flapping around. The idea of the idea, even when I I used to have discussions with Shekhelan on this issue, uh, I can I can I can easily catch him out, because he would say, because uh, uh, because Shekhelan is a very osuli kind of guy, all right, very osuli kind of guy. He always goes back to principles very very uh, uh, quickly. I I remember reading a, a, a feedback of myself recently, of a class, and that's why it's so important to have feedback and to open it up. And I I have a big mashallah feedback from people. That is a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. People are eager to write back, yeah. But one of the really useful <coughs> feedbacks that I wrote is that he spends too much time on the principles and doesn't, therefore, communicate the details, okay. And I thought about that, and I thought it was a very accurate uh, a representation. I know exactly who I got that from, and that's Sheikh Kihlana as well, another person who's very big on principles and is happy to sacrifice the details for it now. The reality, of course, is that why I've chosen this is I think that ultimately the details are irrelevant. You live life on principle. You'll be able to get yourself through most of everything. All right, that's the reason why I'm more more biased towards that kind of approach. That's our school. Okay. So anyway, so when you start to discuss this, Yani, in a, in a detailed way, I remember once Mr. Shaikhul discussing this, and he said that listen, it's simple. Anything which is Yani difficult for you to be taking on and off Yani on your feet and all of its variations, you're allowed to make muscle over it. Now, that's the kind of statement that he thinks is actually going to defend his position of allowing you to wipe over the shoe and whatever, whatnot. Actually, what Danish just said there is the exact response to that. Hold on, if it was that difficult, that you were able to take it off, and then put it back on again, and then wipe over it, we're not exactly any sticking to the true ethic and the moral of this being so difficult to wipe over. If it was that easy for you to take it off, and then suddenly put it back on again. That's not evidence, that's not, and, and even Danish himself is saying it's not an evidence. But what is it then? What is it? Is it logic or is it whatever? I am saying it's the thought process which would allow a person to be more cautious and choose the position of the majority and not take uh, benefit from that concession. <coughs> if that makes sense. That makes sense. If it makes sense. That's a valuable bit of expression there, Shaz. I'm not dying, no, will I. But look at Look at that. I got murdered.
1: How many? How many? At, look at no. well, that. Look.
0: <laughs> I'm sound I'm bitten so bad and then it cussed me I got like about 20, 50 I don't know whatever man. Ah, murder. You? Oops. 10, 15. I I've got done both legs everywhere. Hardcore. Legs. Sweet oh, sweet, sweet blood. You know? arms,
1: face,
0: sweet blood. Back. They know the, which blood's got the hug and does not it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that
1: to me in yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you laughing for? I really a question. You. I read it loud. I read it loud.
1: Um, Aisha from Canada. She says, that should we opt for the concession for praying for for prayer during traveling, even though we know the timings of the prayer of that city? For example, we are traveling from one city to another, which is a distance of two hours, but we know the prayer prayer timing of that city.
0: Don't quite understand what that means.
1: Are they possibly saying that when they're going to go on a journey, maybe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the question is very, very clear. It doesn't. I, 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 the question doesn't make any sense to me from a, a actual fiqh point of view. I don't understand what the question is. I mean, if it's generally when we're traveling and we're musafirs should we take advantage of concessions? Again, you look to yourself and see. You know what is it that you should? I can tell you that, like for example, all right. There's, this this is a this is the bone of contention between me and many of the ulema and and students of knowledge and whatever, whatnot. whenever I'm on journeys with people, many of my colleagues and friends, they will combine left, right and centre because they're musafir. They'll even be in the hotel and they'll be combining. Now That's something which is permissible. But that's not the done thing because the idea is that I need that something to be a concession that should be there for a a difficulty of travelling. When you're in your hotel and you're lying around all day and night, what are you fluffing around for and just only praying three times a day for? and Imam Tirmidhi as, as I teach in Fiqh Salah yeah, and he has the, the the big statement in this and he said that it's the consensus of the people of knowledge العلم, that one does not combine the prayer except whilst in the state of travelling in the in the process of travelling meaning on the road meaning like when you arrive in an area but once you're a traveller but stationary then you shouldn't he's not saying it's haram he's saying the people of knowledge don't do that yeah, and it's not right the people who are looked up to shouldn't be taking any you know, liberties, basically, even though it's permissible. So this point I'm talking about, about ruling is one thing, practice something else, is a well-known and well-spread-out thing that we are much more stricter upon ourselves because we can handle it. And we should be we should be stricter upon ourselves. And that's closer to taqwa, and that's closer to away from doubt. But we should always, always, 100% open up the easy option to the new people, basic people, those who are learning, and also keep the option there for us as well when we need it. When we need it. And when you need it then you will value it more when you use it. Uh, the other day I used the um the uh was it the thingy? The, the, we the night we came back from um was it maybe the night we came back from Kuwait or the night I came back from the retreat, I can't remember. But combined Maghrib and Isha I went straight to sleep. Yeah? It's there. That's what it's there for. Theoretically, uh it doesn't fit in safar because I was at home. I wasn't raining. But it comes under hardship. I couldn't, my head was spinning, I was dying, or I was all over the place. So, it's there, you use it when you need to, but in principle, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, Aisha, um, she says, uh, if we made mess upon socks, then put shoes on, can we wipe the shoes now, or must we take off the shoes and wipe the socks to make the wool? Say it again. If we made mess upon socks, we made mess upon the socks, then we put shoes on, now
0: we put the shoes on,
1: can we wipe the shoes now, now, now we break wudu again it doesn't mention that but can we wipe the shoes now or must we take off the shoes and wipe the socks to make wudu
0: right, so obviously I think she's talking about another wudu, right because if she's wiped the socks already that means that she's started the process in action, yes she's wiped the sh- sh- the socks already ok and now the, the time, 24 hour period is now ticking then she puts on her shoes well, actually, she can do what she want now. She prays. Now she breaks her will. Now the question is, can she now wipe on the shoes or does she have to wipe on the socks? What's the answer? Why? According to... Okay, correct. This is the point that we're studying. We're saying that Sheikh Uthaymeen in answer to Aisha's question will say that it is allowed for her now in her second wudu now to wipe over the shoes. Why? Because she put on the shoes in a state of purity. Right. It wasn't a purity from water, it was a purity from mas'h the lower level, but it's still the lower is still purity. Therefore, she can wipe over the shoes. What about the time period? Started originally okay? فالحكم للتحتاني the ruling starts though and applies according to the bottom pair so the time period is now based upon that it's not that you can't wipe on the top pair and to start blagging that my 24-hour period starts now it's in play from the first time you wiped on the socks underneath yeah uh, <coughs> um, what about the malaysia you of... i know my students brother top students best students better than all of you put together you bunch of packs <laughs> Alhamdulillah.
1: Yes. Um, what about the statement of Sayyidina Ali that you mentioned that he took off his na'il after making mass and pray? would it still would it, still, uh, would it be still personal um, would it be still safe to give fatwa based upon this incident also some description of na'il in those times is like sandals which does not cover all foot or even just straps in the front and nothing around the ankle.
0: So I think, I think what the question is, I'm not sure what the exact question is, but the point is is that if uh, Sayyidina Ali wipes over the na'al then takes it off, that actually doesn't prove much that in in of itself. What does it show? It shows that the wudu is not broken. Well anyway, the mass majority of the ulama said that, that the wudu doesn't break if you take off the layad al mamsuah What does mamsuh mean? Mash is the practice Masih is the one who does it. Al-Mamsuh. Mamsuh is the thing which it happens to. Yeah? the thing. So if you take the Mamsuh off, right, virtually no one says the wudu is broken, except a few. There are a smaller, a slightly larger number that said that the wudu, that you can't now, that your, your time period is finished now. Okay? Which makes more sense. But the main point is, is that him taking off that layer does not break wudu aslan, first of all. Secondly, the Na'al is flip-flops. In its original sense, You know, flip-flops is just that, you know, and there's nothing covering the ankle and so on and so forth. Now, some people, of course, you see, here's fiqh as well. They said that, well, can you actually take any ruling from this hadith? Is this a ruling for a bottom and top layer? Most, many scholars said no. It has no function in the top-bottom layer. In the top-bottom layer discussion, these have two khufs. They said that the wiping of Ali on the na'al with the socks on Shows something else Which is what? Now, like what's, the, what's the main function To understand from this action? You
1: can wipe with you
0: now or... Okay which is, which is saying what basically? it's
1: definitely wiping over the socks Correct Because yeah. of such a lack of foot coverage that it's got Correct,
0: correct, correct It's basically saying that When you're wiping You don't have to go every single part of the You know the top and the bottom Which is going to come next week is basically a wiping. And if we know that you know that there's straps that were obviously going to block what's underneath, remember I talked about the issue of the ring? That it's permissible to wipe over some na'al even though there's straps and it's seen as the, the sock has been wiped, just like we know that the Prophet ﷺ would make wudu and we've got no evidence that he took off the ring. And there's no doubt that at some time, even with doing this, there's going to be some dry part underneath the ring, which shows that in the scheme of things, a small little area which doesn't get wiped it's okay, same with the head, etc. And we also said that the wiping is less rigorous or rigid, whatever, dandy, washing as well. Yeah, eyes closed and nodding heads.
1: It's really warm in here. Oh, warming in here. Okay, just oh, one question yep. regards to combining. Sister Lisa says, in regards to combining prayer, um, sometimes due to excessive tiredness, you up the baby. I feel so exhausted that I fall asleep after Maghrib.
0: Yeah, this is this is yeah, Lisa should be praying Maghrib and Isha together. Better than then uh, better than waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, etc etc. I don't know what's going on, blah blah blah. Not sure if you're going to wake up. And this is a legitimate use of the uh, of the fatwa or legitimate use of the of concession. Hadith ibn Abbas it is permissible. Try not to do it every night on, on occasion when there's true tiredness, then uh, do it. And we call it upon that. Jazakumullahu khairah. Any things? Any points? Anything? Last next week? No, no, no. We're, we're going to have two lessons. Don't listen to Shazada. Okay, guys. Subhanakallahumma bihamdulillah. Alayhi wa s-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.